guys welcome back to divine healing by d today i have on megan johnson she is a life coach creative consultant space holder and great speaker who helps passionate humans rise as a leader of their own life she focuses on self-trust wholeness sovereign reclamation and she coaches humans who are ready to discover their magic stand in their power and reclaim their dreams she is trained with the beautiful you coaching academy she also has a degree in graphic design she has her own podcast called the reclamation podcast and she has over eight years of creative marketing experience with amazing clients and we are going to talk about how maybe the nine to five job isn't for a lot of us how to balance greed and being humble we talk about that in depth and it was just a great conversation and just how to see our obstacles as something that's beautiful and great and much needed and not exactly as being negative and how to be your own hero so i hope you guys enjoy this episode I am Megan Colleen Johnson, a life coach, creative consultant, and space holder. And I love helping passionate humans as they rise as the leader of their own life. Um, most of my work focuses on self-trust, wholeness, and sovereign reclamation. Um, so that's a little bit about me. That's awesome. So we're going to talk about, so this episode is titled, How to Be Your Own Hero. What do you think that means to you? What does the word hero mean to you? Yeah. So within my own work, a big piece of what I do is kind of this reclamation piece. And I've kind of created a little bit of my own archetype that I like to hold to, which is this this reclamation queen. And to me, she embodies kind of what a hero is. And really what that is, is someone who takes personal ownership of of their experience in this world, co-creating the world around them. Like a hero, when we see a hero in the movies or in a story, it's not someone who just lets the story happen to them. Right. They're, they're active. They, they jump into whatever is occurring. And that's really why we look at them as a hero. They're not, you know, there's still stuff happening. There's the hero's journey, um, but they're actively participating in the co-creation of the story. And I just think that's a really beautiful piece of, of a hero and, and kind of what I look to when I think of a, a reclamation queen or just someone who decides to step into their journey in an in a active way. I love that. Do you think that somebody has to be spiritual or have a spiritual side to them in order to be a reclamation queen or a hero? No, I mean, I think I personally believe that we're all spiritual beings Mm-hmm. Um, but whether someone believes that same narrative or not, I don't think that is the most important part. It's more so just that you decide to step into your life in an active way. Um, whether or not you decide to introduce spiritual elements is kind of up to you. Right. That's pretty cool. So how do you know if you're standing in your own way? Yeah. Hold on. I actually have some notes that I wrote about this. I loved that you, you sent me this question ahead of time. Um, And I just thought it was just a really, really beautiful question. Thank you. So I feel like it's something we all tackle every day. Yeah. Yeah. We really do. There's so many things in our lives that 
we often stand in our own way and we don't even realize it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think for me, what comes up is just whenever we face any type of a sticky space in our life mm-hmm. or whenever we face a, a quote unquote block in our life, it's we get to take a step back and say like, well, what is my belief around this space? What is mm-hmm. my belief around this block? And I think that when we start to question that a little bit, we can start to notice if we're actually standing in our own way. So if there's a belief of, oh, this always happens to me. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that probably means I'm, I'm standing in my own way and to some degree, how could I shift this belief? Does this belief support me thriving or not? What if I you know, came up with a new narrative for myself. Like, um, this happened to me this time and next time I'm not available for this anymore. That's something that my coach uses a lot. She uses this phrase, just like, I'm not available for this anymore. And I personally have been taking that on a lot for different narratives that I'm reclaiming that I'm working through. Just, I'm not available for that anymore. I'm I'm going to write a new, it's so good, right? (laughs) Yeah. I'm not available. Yeah. So yeah, that's just kind of like, how I would move through that is just like, what is my belief around this like sticky space or this block? Does this belief support my thriving or not? How could I write a different belief? What's something else that I would rather believe instead? Right. So where does conditioning come in? Because I feel like when I ask myself those questions, it's more it's more coming from a place like, oh, like I was raised to think like that, but that's probably not the right way. So what could you do when you find the reason is that you've been conditioned yeah, I think it, it doesn't really, like most of the time that is a belief. A belief is typically mm-hmm. something that is conditioned. And so that's where the writing a new belief comes to play. So right. if you say, let's say, um, I think an easy one that we often look to is like money. So let's say mm-hmm. your parents yeah. only made a certain amount of money. So you're conditioned to believe that that's as much money as you're ever going to make. Well, right the new belief then could be um, money is money is energy and I can make as much money as I put my mind to or whatever. And it's just then a practice of um, actually starting to embody that belief and transition your mind to believe that. Cause so many of our beliefs is just our perception and we have the opportunity then to create a new perception, however difficult that may be. Um, and there's a lot of tools that you can use to do this subconscious reprogramming, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it doesn't, it doesn't matter where the belief came from as much. Okay. It that's matters good. how you engage with that belief. And if you decide to continue believing it, or if you decide to work on reprogramming that to a new, more supportive belief, good, that's I'm my perception anyway. That. That's a, I like that percep- because a lot of people struggle with fact that hey I was raised this way I have these conditioning beliefs like doesn't mean that I'm gonna have to stay in that way or in those beliefs forever I'm allowed I can I'm capable Mm -hmm. of progressing and maybe thinking and acting like other people that I've admired this whole time it's like nothing is ever permanent which Mm -hmm. is so good to point out so because you brought up money Yeah, yeah go ahead yep because you brought up money, we got to talk about greed and humility. And mm-hmm. I just like love hearing other coaches' perspectives on just how to balance, you know, have, like 
you know, knowing your worth, because I feel like being a life coach, you want to give out content, you want to help people, but you also mm-hmm. want it to be accessible, right? You mm-hmm. want people to be able to afford it. At this time, a lot of people are struggling, but we also want people to, you know, acknowledge our worth and know that, hey, you need to pay for something in order to grow. Mm. So how can we deal with greed in other people and ourselves and also just like stay humble at the same? How do you balance those two? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So the first thing I kind of wanted to to hit on was that humble piece. So Mm -hmm. to me, being humble more than anything else is it's just kind of staying in your own lane. When we're humble, we're able to celebrate ourselves, but instead of comparing ourselves, I think greed and being humble often just have to do with comparison more than anything else. Mm -hmm. So when we can stay in our own lane, that also means that someone else's success doesn't have to mean anything about us. And our success doesn't have to mean anything about another person. So when we are in our own lane, we get to humbly continue being our best, most vibrant selves and other people can be their best, most vibrant selves. And it has nothing to do with, with one another. We just kind of get to stay in our own lane. And mm-hmm. for greed, um, I think the interesting thing about greed is my, my relationship to greed has, has changed so much because I grew up um, evangelical Christian, which mm-hmm. um, it, w- it was a lot more prominent in my upbringing than, than what I think about now. So the biggest thing that came up when I was thinking about this question is reciprocity. So you deserve to take up your rightful space. You deserve to get paid. If you want to thrive in luxury, if you so desire, like whatever it looks like for you, like you deserve that. And what does it look like for you to recirculate that wealth with integrity? Because greed, really all that greed is, is hoarding. It's Mm. it's, Mm. because when you get paid, you're going to be buying and paying for other things, right? Like that's why you make money. That's why... We, you know, that's the whole thing. So greed really is just hoarding. It's not entering into right relationship with abundance by keeping your goodness to yourself. So that ultimately just kind of tarnishes your goodness. When we're greedy, when we hoard, we don't even get to enjoy those things. And when Mm. instead, when we trust that there is an endless flow of goodness, there is an endless flow of money out there. It's always moving around us all the time. We give, we take, and then we can kind of engage with it in a way that feels really aligned. And there is no greed. Does that make sense? That's kind of it my- makes a lot of sense. It's reminding me of this saying that a lot of people say, um, what am I going to do? Take that money into the grave with me? Like, let me spend it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Have yeah. you heard that? Or- <laughs> yeah, yeah. That part, that's where when we see someone and it, they're just they're just taking, taking, taking. That's the greed part. But when we really evaluate, mm-hmm. and I think most people, most people in this world don't come from that perspective. We, we often do. We like, we want abundance because we want to thrive. And then when you have yes. to take a look at it, it's okay. I'm getting this money. How do I want to recirculate it in a way that feels an in integrity to me? What do I value? So how can I pour back into others? Where am I going to buy my furniture? Where am I going to buy my food? And that's the piece is then it's, it's not greed. It's not hoarding. It's just recirculating that money. It's reciprocal relationships with people. It's investing into small businesses as you're also making that beautiful life of luxury that you desire. Like it's, I think like we, 
we're taught, we have been taught a lot in our culture that you can't have like having a lot of money. There's a lot of stories about people that are wealthy, right? Where like, right. If you're wealthy, you're greedy. Or if you're wealthy, there's, you know, blah, 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 blah. But I believe that you can be wealthy and you can be very, um, just very alive, very full of, of right relationships and, and pouring into other people. So awake yeah very awake yeah it's like also like when when you see somebody who's very wealthy and they act a bit frugal and then somebody else will how do you think they became this rich not by giving it all away Hmm. like I hear that a lot and I always just wonder like are they secretly on the side being charitable philanthropic like giving their money away and this is like a shield or like a wall that they put up for people not to take advantage of their wealth I always wondered that yeah that's interesting and that's where yeah it is I feel like that's where I also like enter into that space of like kind of staying in my own lane stay in my own lane yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) where it's like Well, I know that I'm pretty frugal and that's because managing money in a way that feels in in integrity to me is very important. So I like to manage where my money's going, but everyone has a different story with how they manage money. And it's, it's really interesting to notice that, but also to remember that ultimately like staying in our own lane is a really beautiful space to live. I love that. Do you help your clients with like their money mindset as well? If that's something they desire support with, yeah. Again, I think that that's a big piece too when we look at small business. I work with a lot of small business Mm -hmm. owners. And if there's a block in receiving money in their business, that's Mm -hmm. definitely a space where we can kind of look in and we can evaluate, okay, like what are the stories that you do have around money? What are the stories that you have around abundance? And kind of take a, a good look at that. So, yeah. Love that. So you mentioned to me your uh, marketing career, your marketing background. Could you kind of tell us how that has helped your coaching business and how you bring that every day to your life, just in general? Totally. Yeah. So my background is I currently now I work as a, a life coach and creative consultant. And my background and my degree is in in graphic design. And then I have um a great deal of marketing experience as well, and just doing a lot of creative work in the world. So um, in my coaching business, it's actually integrated a lot. Currently, the large majority of my clients at this point in time are actually small business owners. So we do a mix of business consulting, and then we do mindset coaching as well. So it's really integrated into my my day-to-day work in a, a pretty heavy way where I've got clients that we're working on their their programs. I've got clients where we are evaluating their social media ad strategies. Um, I have wow. clients where we're taking a look at how um, how their social media strategy just in general can can flow well. Um, so it's it's really fun because it's this beautiful mix of practical and spiritual and mindset. And we kind of integrate all those things. And really, when you take a a look at it as a whole, like we're whole beings, we're all integrated anyways. And so much of what I see in my clients 
business is also mirrored in their personal life. So we're actually able to take a look at both and absolutely dive into those practical things because you do need to know how to, you know, do an email funnel in this day and age. And you have to be able to um, manage your clients and have like a client management system. You have to be able to pay your bills and know how to manage your money. Mm -hmm. Like Those are practical things, but then we can also take a, a look at, like I said before, like money mindset, abundance, um, fear, confidence as a small business owner, like being able to show up for your people from a place of of groundedness and with confidence in who you are as a person is huge. It's huge. So it's, it's a really beautiful thing of those different things. One question. Do you tell, for example, a lot of people say that there needs to be a face, like a whole personality behind a brand that you can't just, you know, show your products and have people just buy them that you have to put your personal personality out there. You have to connect to people. Does, do you recommend that, that there needs to be like some kind of like personal relationship between the consumer and the face behind the brand? Um, yes and no. Yes and no. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of small businesses out there that I work with, they are individuals running their own business and Mm -hmm. having an element of personality really does support their strategy and it does support people getting to know them. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I've come to learn with the people that I'm working with now anyways, is we look at it from this perspective that the business itself has its own essence and you're getting to know that. And if that Mm. business is, you know, trying to think of a good example here, but um, for, for like a life coach, because a few of my clients are life coaches for them, their business essence may be largely tied to some of the through lines in their own life. And so that business essence, you know, wants to have pieces of their personality in it. That business business essence wants to have um, them at the forefront to share their story and to, you know, call people in in that way. But then sometimes I think a mm-hmm. business essence can be more collective. So perhaps it's one person's idea to start the business, but the business essence wants to become more of a collaborative experience with lots of team members. And so that business essence and the way that that is portrayed out into the world is going to just look a little bit different. It still has people behind it, but it may not have one person. It may be a collective of people. So I think it's just interesting. Every business is different. And Mm -hmm. the way that business is put out into the world, especially so for for me, I like to work with people who really want to put um, businesses that have a lot of integrity instilled into the business. And so that's how I like to look at business with people is like, what is your business essence and moving from that place. But I know a lot of people don't necessarily start from that place or, or maybe their business model is just different and that's not something they vibe with. And that's, you know, that's their thing, but that's just kind of my personal perspective on that. I love that. That's because there, I'm, I'm sure there are a bunch of people listening who might want to start their own business, but are being told, Hey, you have to market yourself as well as the business. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Hey, maybe I'm a little private. I don't want to put my face out there, this and that. But then I see like these business owners that integrate big milestones, like into their business, like, Oh, I'm having a wedding sale, or I just had my first Mm -hmm. baby sale. And they bring these people. Yeah. They bring these these customers like, 
on this ride with them throughout their lives that now the customer said, hey, you know what? She's my friend now. He's my friend now. I have no choice but to get this product because I spend most of my days watching their lives, <laughs> living everything with them. So I always just wondered, like, where's the line? Does everybody have to kind of implement in that into their business to be successful? So no, I loved your in- the essence. I love that. That was really that's good stuff. Nina. Yeah, I love yeah, it. absolutely. And I think that that's I think every business has its brand story. Um, but yeah. again, that's just kind of the the essence of that business. The story behind that business may be different, and sometimes it may be very integrated into a personal life, and sometimes it may have a story all of its own. So. So for small business owners, not just small business owners, but everybody who is dealing with obstacles in their career, how do they look at these obstacles as blessings and gifts and not just hardships? Yeah, so this is such a great question. And um, the first thing that I feel like that has come up for me with this question is to first think of obstacles as information. Because Mm. before we can jump to looking at some like a hardship or an obstacle as a blessing, I think the first thing is just to kind of take a step back and look at it as information to just develop a little bit of separation from it. Um, It's, you know, this hardship, it simply is. It happened. And that's right. it. Because <laughs> um, we often create. Yeah, it's not out to get me. Yeah, we often create so many stories around our obstacles. And especially if they're patterns, they're obstacles that have become patterns. We allow that story to continue and we, we come up with the reasons why and all of that. So first, just creating that just it's just information. It just is. It happened. And then I think it's also just really important to honor whatever emotions come up this obstacle really hurt. It felt gut-wrenching, so on and so forth, to really honor those feelings first and then take a step back and just kind of notice the situation. Um, Because the reality is, is sometimes when we face an obstacle, it it brings up a lot of emotion. So just really honoring that, creating some space for that, um, having our human experience first, then creating a little bit of distance from it. Um, So the other piece of that, so as we're processing processing this. I'm kind of looking at it as like a step-by-step process here. (laughs) Um, That's great. No, that's good. So then the next thing that I would really do is just to call on like your highest self or the you that you desire to be and ask like, what would that version of me do in this situation? How can I respond to this Mm. obstacle in a way that feels aligned for the person I desire to be in the world? Like what, what would I do differently when I face this next time? Or what would I do? Um, like the me in five years, how would that person respond to this? How can I do that right now? And just again, like looking at it as information and then responding to it from a different place rather than that heightened emotional place. And really that shift kind of helps us to transform our experience so that we can see it as a gift. It's a little bit different. It starts to slowly transform. We're like, oh, okay, cool. Now I have an opportunity to grow and respond to this in a way that I may not have responded to it previously or even in the present. I'm going to look at it from a place of my future self. So yeah, that's just kind of my initial thoughts around this. Again, just making sure to create space to process the grief or the weight of whatever that obstacle is um, and then kind of moving through that obstacle and allowing it to be a stepping stone to become the self that the person that we want to be in this world, um, which in re- like 
with that in mind, it then does become kind of a blessing because it's it's a piece that that's led us to this next phase of our life. But that's I think that yeah. often that can take place over the the course of a long period of time, depending on what the obstacle is. True. And also just to know that everything that's happening is for the higher good and that whatever will happen, you'll be okay, even though at the moment it doesn't feel like that. But whatever's happening eventually will be for the good so yeah, yeah good good and sometimes points, good points. just a last piece to that too is when we are processing yeah, sure. processing the midst of that emotion it can be really good during that time depending again i'm taking this to like maybe the extreme thinking of an obstacle is like a larger thing sometimes it may be something small in the middle of your day um, that's okay we like extreme here <laughs> i'm very <extreme>. yeah well <laughs> if it is something extreme if it's something really really difficult and hard um, really giving yourself permission to let that healing process take time, asking yes. for help, getting a therapist to help you process those emotions. Um, and then when you're ready to start taking those steps forward, and that's when, you know, a life coach of some kind could help, but like making sure to honor those emotions in that experience first before trying to create it into a blessing or a gift. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Good point to end on that. But what about um, people who are in nine to five jobs and they're miserable and they're saying, this is not right for me. I can't answer to anybody. Like, how can you just accept that you are not cut out for that? Like, how do you discover or just say to yourself, hey, you know what? Maybe this isn't for me. I need to work for myself. Like, do you have clients that have said that to you? Like, how do you guide them? Yeah. I have had clients that have said that, and I've had a couple clients that have transitioned out of their nine to five, or we've crafted um, like a strategy to support them to step out of their nine to five job. And um, oftentimes it it, ha- it happens different for everyone. Sometimes it's a long period of time when you slowly realize that, oh, this job is not right for me. It, whether it's, it doesn't feel aligned for you, whether it's your... Um, energy as a person doesn't do well with it, like actual physical energy or whatever. Um, There's a lot of different reasons, but it can happen really quickly or it can happen over time. And um, I think the thing to notice, if if you're feeling a little bit unsettled in your job, one of the most beautiful Mm -hmm. things is to just start asking yourself, what do I really want? What do I want from my life? What do I want to feel when I'm at work? And just starting to notice those things before you would take action, even just starting to write that down and make note of that, because then that create the strategy so you can exit your nine to five job. Um, that would that would really be where I start. And also just remembering, because I think for a lot of people that I've worked with, there's a lot of mm-hmm. narratives that come up with what if I'm not cut out for a nine to five job? And I think this is becoming a little bit yes. less, but where there's narratives of like, oh, why can't I figure this out? Like, why can't I just buck up and do this nine to five job? There's so many people out there have to have one. Like, this is my life right now. Um, And the thing is, is if a nine to five job doesn't work for you, that doesn't have to mean anything about you aside from the fact that you just don't like the nine to five job. Like, that's it. It doesn't have to mean that you're not good enough. It doesn't have to mean that Mm -hmm. you're like not strong enough or that you're not normal or whatever. Like, none of that has to be true. Um, it doesn't mean anything. It's just, oh, okay, cool. You want a different job. 
Let's work on that. Yeah. Let's move towards that. Don't take it exactly. personally. So the first place that I would start though is really just noticing what do I want? Um, writing down your values. If you haven't created a list of values, that's a very practical place to start as well. So you can start noticing if another job is in alignment or if you want to create your own job in a small business, um, that way you at least have some values to create a foundation from. Um, yeah, those are a few places that I would start. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it totally did. <laughs> You're doing, I, I love this episode. I can't wait for people to hear it. <laughs> I'm so glad. I, I really do love at, like answering questions. So uh, for listeners, like yeah. she sent me a bunch of questions and this is like one of my favorite things. So I'm all about it. <laughs> oh, good. I like to kind of mix it up with like some questions and interviews mm-hmm. and then others uh, just like, little topics and we go from there but I felt like because we're like kind of jumping through a few topics it's good to have like a few set of questions so like yeah so okay now let's say we're in our careers we like it um how do we just continue with the purpose and the direction that we're going on if we feel like everything is going well we're on the right path like how do we keep it like that or should we not keep it like that should we get be challenged should we get scared of it what do you think I think it's really up to you like it's up to the person (laughs) um if you're really feeling pretty good in your life just keep asking yourself how do I feel today do I still feel really juicy does this still feel really good like Mm. great awesome then I will continue cultivating this and um just noticing that day to day like how do I feel today what do I need so that I can continue feeling this way today um what do I want to do today so I can feel the way I desire to feel just taking things like breaking it down day by day and just noticing how you're feeling and if that's continuing or not um Yeah. It's really up to you though. If you're feeling stagnant and you know, you want to Mm -hmm. change that, like that's another thing where, um, you can start jotting down, like, what do I want? What do I want to change? Um, but really you get to decide, I, I like this routine. I actually like where I'm at right now. Or you can say, I think I'm ready for some change. I want to like shift things up a little bit. And, um, that's when life coaches can be incredibly supportive for, especially for transition periods, um, to just help you hone in like what do you want? What's the next step that you can take? How can you move towards that? And having that extra support when you're moving through some possibly big shifts in your future. I love, have you helped people kind of pivot during COVID? I did. I did. I had a couple clients that I helped with that and um, it was really fun. It was wild and not always easy, but it was um, pretty beautiful to witness. So I love that. So where do you see your business in the next five years? Oh my gosh, that is such a big question. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. hmm. Or are there any healing modalities that more, more of them that you'd like to implement in your business? Yeah, definitely. So I'm actually currently in a certification program for neuro-linguistic programming. So I'm excited for that because then even just those pieces we were talking about earlier about reprogramming the subconscious, I'm learning a lot of modalities that I can use with my clients to support them with that on a deeper level. So we can take things from the practical and actually shift them on a subconscious level as well. Um, So I'm excited about that. It's really beautiful. Um, Already I've learned so much. And then I would love to just learn a little more about meditation, meditation. Reiki would be really fun to learn. There's lots of things 
You'd be a great Reiki healer. I feel like you'd be an awesome Reiki healer. Thank you. I really genuinely, I just started doing virtual Reiki sessions with a, um, a practitioner and gosh, it's just a beautiful practice. And I think that it would be really, I think it'd be really interesting to learn at some point. So yeah, in five years, I'm not entirely sure deeper, deeper in my practice ultimately, and, um, supporting people at deeper levels, whatever form that may take. So, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see what you're going to do. Where can everybody find you, book a session with you, talk to you, pick your brain? Yeah, totally. (laughs) So you can find me at megscolleen.com. That's M-E-G-S-C-O-L-L-E-E-N.com. And across social media, I'm also just at megscolleen. Um, So my my offerings are all on my website, uh, but you can also drop me a message on Instagram. I love doing little voice memos on Instagram. If you have any questions or um, if you want to book a one-off session, I offer visionary sessions. So that way you can just dive in and get some strategies right off the bat. Um, and then I also have three and six month long coaching series. So yeah, that's a little bit about me and, awesome. and where you can connect. So Great. And may I add, even though I told you you're website is beautiful it's so gorgeous (laughs) (laughs) I don't I don't say that a lot so it's like really it's a really beautiful site so everyone really needs to check her out thank you so much Megan I had so much fun with you and I'll be in touch awesome thank you so much for having me of course thank you so much for listening to today's episode I just wanted to give you a friendly reminder if you like what you're listening to, if you like my content, if you like my podcast episodes, really appreciate ratings on Apple, reviews, subscribe, share to your friends, family, anyone you really think would benefit it. And thank you always for the support.